0: Welcome to the Joseph Z. Audio Podcast. For more information about this and other resources, go to josephz.com. I got to tell you guys, I got something really potent to talk about, and that is how to crush a spirit of fear. Today's a day for overcoming raw spiritual horsepower that's going to give you real results, real lasting change, and nothing satisfies, nothing takes you the distance like the Word of God. And I want to start out by saying this, a spirit of fear is something that the church has allowed to become normal. Uh, in our life, many of you uh, struggle with the spirit of fear. Many people struggle with the spirit of fear, and it's it's not from God. It's actually demonic. It is antichrist. It is it is wrong on so many levels. It is blasphemy against the faith of Jesus. It's all these things, and yet we have normalized fear. We've come to the conclusion that fear is uh, is really good, and uh, it's not. And the church says there's a there's a place for fear. It's okay to have fear. It's okay to have this. It is is not okay to have fear. Now I'm going to get into this and it's going to really help you. When I was a kid, I had an understanding about fear that I used to be terrified of the dark. I mean, terrified of the dark because of some demonic encounters I'd had, things I'd uh, seen, whatever. But fear was a crippling thing for me. And uh, even to the point, I don't know if some of you have had uh, fear of different animals or creatures or whatever. One of the fears I used to have was of of like spiders and things with legs like that. It drove me I couldn't stand it. And uh, one day the Lord spoke to me and said, You're in bondage to basically a little tiny uh, something that's in the family of insects, and you've got to get over this. And I realized my family, many of the family that was older than me, and uh, some of my family had similar fears. I had similar fears to similar things with uh, uh spiders and things like that, and I realized that 's not okay now today i don 't love them i don 't love to you know oh, they have a pet one you know i 'll name him you know whatever i i don 't have that, but i don 't have a terror or a fear of those things at all, not at all anymore where when I was younger, I was terrified of them. Even if a picture was in a magazine, it would it would scare me. I'd be like, ah, that's yeah, I don't like that. And, and that's silly. You know? I mean, it's, it's really not logical when you think about it. But the truth is, is that many times we have impressions that come on us, either from our family, how we're raised, things that come against us, and we think it's normal. We think fear is normal in many areas. And I've got to tell you, no fear is good. The only kind of fear that is good is when the Bible talks about a fear of the Lord, a reverent fear, but that is a godly respect that is, uh, is is based on respect and reverence for the Lord and things like that, and not this terror of judgment and terror of doom and dread. Now, I'm talking about a fear that brings worry, condemnation, that nothing's ever going to work out. And when you're processing something over and over and over and over again, like a rerun in your mind about what could go wrong or what's bad about everything and how things are just not working and how things are not right and all these things, I've got to tell you, you are touching a spirit of fear. And God does not want that for you. He doesn't want you to be moved in a spirit of fear. And we are going to crush that today by the word of God. And I got to tell you, when things come against you, you have horsepower to confront fear supernaturally. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. And strongholds, yes, they're demonic. Yes, there's spiritual uh, powers in high places. But I, I, I believe I have a strong argument to say that strongholds in high places are really a way of thinking... And uh, the truth is, is when you believe these things and you listen to fear and you let it go, it literally runs through your mind and it runs you down. And we must be be realizing that it is a supernatural battle. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. In other words, when you have fear, you don't just put on like something funny and start laughing or trying to fight it in the natural because the weapons of fear is a supernatural spirit. Fear is a spirit and it's demonic in origin. It comes from the devil and it wants to uh, engage you first in the natural to get your unbelief dull in the supernatural. That's where fear comes from. Fear is designed to get you to become dull to the word of God, to get you to become dull to the call of God on your life, to get you to become dull to, to walking things through. Now listen. We've got to walk this through because it's important. I've I've had major struggles with this, you know, because when you when you're a person that can be analytical and you study and you think about things, you can also uh, really think about scenarios. You know, some people ha- think about scenarios like this: one, one, one through ten. You think about your scenario from one to ten, and you think about it like this. Many people just paint by numbers: one, two, three four, five, but you, if you go from one to ten, it's because sometimes you're an intelligent person, you can process quickly and go, okay, this is the beginning of this, ten, that's what it's going to look like at the end, and everybody's still at three and four, and you're going, to ten, this is going to be bad. That is a spirit of fear that that sometimes when you're intelligent, you can cipher the information quickly and get down to the bottom line on things and realize this isn't going to be good. And listen to me, in the natural many times, you're correct. You're correct. When you're processing or worrying, many times in the natural, you're, you're dead on, man. I mean, you're right on the money. I mean, you've, you've got it on. You're, you're spot on. And you have a reason to be afraid. You have a reason to be full of anxiety. You have a reason to be full of all these things. That is carnal. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Now listen, fear is is it plays on carnality but it is a spirit and it's like knocking on the door of your heart trying to knock on your natural mind natural experience to get you to agree with it to try to get you to go down the road of fear and agree with that when you do that you give it supernatural access to your experience and if you do that you will lose you'll start to lose and i gotta tell you most battles listen to me most battles we fight as a believer are supernatural battles. And I'm not going to get off into some crazy, wild uh, spiritual warfare discussion. This is a very simple understanding. But fear is the entrance point to most spiritual warfare. Fear is the entry point to, it's like the gateway drug to every other kind of darkness you don't want to entertain. Most people get into substance abuse because of fear. They don't like how they feel. They don't like where they're at. So they fear their circumstances. They fear how life is and they, they want to feel better and, and they they step in. And believe it or not, there's fear involved with that. Uh, relationship struggles, when people are upset over finances and they fight, usually that's over fear. They're afraid of what's coming next. They're afraid of the unknown, all these things. Uh, mistrust for each other, that's fear. All these things that, that fear tries to build inside of us. How about health in your body? Many times we fear, and oftentimes we think about the future, and we think, oh my goodness, I have a cough. It turned into a sore throat. Uh, it's, it's throat cancer. That's what it is, and that's fear talking. It's not God talking. It's not the Spirit of Jesus talking. It's fear. Now listen, fear is, is, is uh, manifested in worry, it's manifested in unbelief, you know, and that's all the things. And sometimes, like Jesus said, this kind of unbelief only comes out by prayer and fasting. And sometimes we have to buckle down and literally become determined to overcome our unbelief and our fear by praying and fasting and spending time in prayer. I believe the enemy, many of you, listen to me right now, many of you are very close to a breakthrough. You're on the precipice of your breakthrough. You're literally at the doorway of your breakthrough. You're at the threshold of your breakthrough. And what begins to happen is that old sabotage of fear saying, ah, oh, it's going to be like it was before. It's going to happen like it used to happen. It's going to continue to remain the same. It's going to it's going to go through just like it did before. It's going to fail just like it did before. The people are going to betray you like they did before. Things are going to fall apart like they did before. Oh, don't press too far. Don't, don't stretch out there too far in faith listen to me the righteous may may uh, may fall seven times stretching in faith because they're righteous this isn't sinners righteous stretch in faith they may fall seven times but they rise again and i've got to say this to you very clearly second timothy chapter one verse seven let's talk about this familiar scripture it says here for god has not given us a spirit of fear god has not given us a spirit of fear listen to me I'm going to say this so clearly to you today. God has not given you a spirit of fear. He's not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Listen to me. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, of power, of love and a sound mind. Now, many people are very close to their breakthrough. You're like on the one-yard line. You're ready to make a touchdown. You're ready to break through in the name of Jesus. Praise God. You're literally ready to break through in the name of Jesus. And uh, this, this whole understanding is you're right there and fear comes in. Fear and worry and, and doubt and unbelief. Fear is the gateway that begins to give you unbelief and doubt and cause it to manifest. And sometimes because we're so natural and we're not in the word of God, we're not, we're not training our heart to believe rightly by the word of God. What begins to happen is, is we give place to unbelief. And then it cripples what God is already giving us. Okay. So here we are. So we're at first or second Timothy chapter one, verse seven for God. Listen to me. I'm going to say this very clearly. God has not given us, given you a spirit of fear. So what does that mean? If you have a spirit of fear or you're experiencing fear, dread, worry, high anxiety, concern, that is not of God. Now listen, if you're in these places, there's no judgment, okay? There is no judgment. We've all walked through them. We all, There's been times I've been praying and tears are coming down my face because I felt so depressed. I felt so sad. I was trying to work through these things. And I literally would crawl, as so to speak, to the Word of God because I had to fight through my own humanity, my own carnality, to get to the word of God and be like, come on, the word is true, the word is true, every man's a liar, but the word of God is true, and I would just say it to myself, even though it looked like the worst days, you know, when David, (laughs) for example, when David was in the cave, you know, today in history, we look at David, in the cave. Remember when he was running from Saul? We look at David in the cave and we say, my goodness, we look at David in the cave and we say those in in church history and, and scholars would always say, those were David's cave days. Those were David's cave days when he was running from Saul. And they begin to break out a timeline. Now to David, those weren't some church history name, his cave days. David's cave days to him were known as his last days. David believed those were his last days. Okay. Now, sometimes you're in a cave, you're in the spot and you're thinking, these are my last days, man. This is it. Let's make the little last little bit of bread we have. Let's make it together. And then let's just die together. <laughs> like, like the Elijah, the woman that needed the breakthrough from Elijah. Now, listen to me. I am saying to you right now, circumstances do not always remain the same. They will change. You can change first though. You've got to begin to change by combating a spirit of fear. God has not given you a spirit of fear. Whatever it is you're dealing with, whatever it is you're going through right now, if it has fear on it and you're looking at things and and it's full of anxiety and worry, listen to me. I am confronting worry. I am confronting anxiety in the name of Jesus. I'm coming against it in Jesus' name. You need to get the word of God in your heart, in your mind and come at that fear like a spider monkey. You come at that fear like a spider monkey. Wow! (laughs) The reason you do that is because when you have the word of God in you, you must confront the fear. you got to confront it in your heart and in your mind first. Now, you start out with your words. You begin to confront fear. You confront fear by speaking out loud. You speak the word of God. You directly come against it. You speak at it. You you confront your fear with your words of faith. That's a number one way to confront your fear. That's number one. In the morning when you wake up, I don't know about you, but sometimes... (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) Sometimes when you're confronting fear, you've got to do it with your words of faith that are from the Word of God. Literally, you gotta say, no, that's not true, and that's never happening. When you wake up in the morning, I don't know about you, I don't know when it gets on you, but that's when things try to fight me. Is usually when I first wake up in the morning, that's why I go right at the Word of God first thing in the morning. And and many times the things you're concerned over really aren't that potent. It's your mind running away with you and the devil playing mind games with you, his trickery, his schemes, and, uh, and all these things. And you begin to run away with it. And it wants you to be wound up so you don't engage your faith. And many Christians fall for this thinking, well, I'm just thinking about it. I'm just processing. Stop processing and start confessing to the high priest of your confession and start breaking through this stuff. We don't need to sit there and process and process and process. Now, if you're making a decision, that's one thing. Oh man, I remember probably two years ago, I had a a business decision to make, a business decision, and I was just sweating bullets because it required everything I had in my hand at the time to make a decision. And I was sweating bullets, man. And I thought, no. And then I prayed for two days. And and normally, normally, if you have that kind of anxiety or you're you're sweating bullets, I would say, this is not of God. I'm casting it away. But the Holy Spirit said, no, your soul is full of anxiety. You need to calm down and pray till you get peace to make a decision. Don't make a decision until peace drops in your heart, either with yes or no. And so I I just stayed in prayer, and they they needed an answer from me, and I wasn't giving an answer until I got peace. And I waited and waited and waited, and finally it dropped in, and I said, God, even if I'm wrong, I have peace over this, and I'm going to move forward in peace right now. And I did it. I did it. And I'll tell you what, it was was good and it's still unfolding good. And I've got to say something to you. Sometimes the decisions we make, they may not be perfect in front of us, but we have to get peace over it. And even if you've made the wrong decision, but you've done the best you know to do, get in peace over that. I'm telling you, be free of wrong decisions and get in peace over it and watch God redeem it watch God redeem it because many times we make a wrong decision we're like oh man I thought I did the right thing and it's so bad (laughs) you know I did something bad here I I God I don't know what to do I thought I I tried I did the right I thought I had a word from God I'm thought I'm doing all this stuff when you're in that position you know what repent I'm serious repent of that anxiety repent of the fear and turn yourself towards the Lord and begin to receive peace in that circumstance and watch God turn it around I'll liken it to this Sometimes people can be in a marriage scenario where they are literally, uh, they've, they've gone through a divorce, and they've been married, and maybe they're even on a third marriage, okay? God, help us all, you know, you're on a third marriage, something. You're in this scenario, you're walking something through, and then, you know, you're walking out that process, and you think, okay, God, how do I get to the righteousness of God in this. And I, I know that it wasn't right to get here this way and all these things happen. Now I'm in this scenario, God, is this good? And the Lord is saying to you, be blessed in your present circumstances. It doesn't matter how you got there, good or bad. You can't change the past, so get peace for today and start going to your hundredfold for your present circumstances. I don't care what scenario you're in, find the peace of God right now. Find the peace of God in the present circumstances you're in and stop thinking about woulda, coulda, shoulda, okay? It's important that even though we say, wow, I got in this scenario, this is a bad scenario, this isn't right, this was not God's best, Here's a word of God for everybody listening right now. The worst case scenario you might have chosen to become in where you are right now, the worst scenario you're in, I don't care if it's divorce and you've been remarried more than once. I don't care if you've been through circumstances where you have lied and cheated and you've done things and you've found yourself in a bad situation. You may be watching this in jail, okay? There may be things that are going on. I wanna say to you, God can take your present circumstances and make it the highest and best experience you've ever had. He can make the worst decision you've ever been in and you're stuck there. You've repented. You're in a place and God can make that the A plus for your life. He can make this a winning moment for you. So stop living in the past. Get out of regret. Repent of regret. Once you've dealt with that, once you've gone through that, once you're on the other side of it, repent of regret and start to stand in faith. I don't care what you're in. You might say, but I missed this opportunity. Uh, This person's gone now. This scenario's over with. Stop it. Stop it in the name of Jesus. Stop it in Jesus' name. I say to you, body of Christ, stop it in Jesus' name and literally start to rejoice in your present circumstances regardless of what's going on. Rejoice where you are now. And watch God bloom you, give you confidence, have confidence in the name of Jesus. Do not cast away your confidence. Stand in confidence where you are now, realizing God loves me, man. He loves me right now. He loves me in this circumstance. And then the devil will come and say, you made a real mess of this. And as as it says in Proverbs, agree with your adversary quickly. Say, yeah, I made a real mess out of this, but it's not me who's fixed it. It is Jesus Christ, the hope of glory, and begin to just receive your present blessing today he can take you from 30 60 to a hundredfold and get you to your divine destination that you would have had in the first place even if you hadn't made all these bad decisions and you can get there like you never missed it in the first place fact that is a spiritual law that is a spiritual truth jesus wants you to overcome your regret your fear your anxiety your worry and stand up today and go whoa I didn't do any of this stuff right. I, I didn't, I didn't. Can you imagine how Paul the Apostle felt? Listen to me for one moment. This is going to really help you. Remember how Paul the Apostle, that awesome man of God, he was there approving of the stoning of Stephen. Paul the Apostle was there when Stephen was stoned. He was standing there giving approval to it. Paul the Apostle ripped families apart, he persecuted people, and even some places literally just, uh, you begin to see that they, he, he manifested anger and rage. When you study him out in the Greek, he manifested anger and rage, and this rage was a murdering spirit that he had against the church. Now, Paul the Apostle later said, in the New Testament, he said, I have wronged no man. I have wronged no man. What? What? How can you say that? How can you say that? Paul said, I have wronged no man. But the reason he could say that is because he had a revelation of God working through him in his present circumstances. When your identity becomes in Christ Jesus, and in Jesus, you come to God the Father in Jesus, regret needs to go because your identity is founded in Jesus. And when your identity becomes solid in Jesus, what can man do to you? Do not fear them that can kill the body, but fear them that can throw your your whole body and soul and everything into the eternal fire, right? You, You begin to recognize my identity is in the consuming fire. I am founded in the consuming fire through Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. And when you begin to recognize this stuff, it sets you free. You come boldly into that place. Now, what you have to do, though, is literally get rid of fear. Cut fear out of your life. Cut it out of your experience. Cut it out of your mind and begin to separate it. Train yourself to not allow fear on any, any position. None of it. When you allow fear, you're... you're You're literally uh, dampening down the faith that God gave you. You're dampening down the faith. You know, by grace, we're saved through faith. But Jesus gave us the faith and the grace anyway. So it's his faith. It's the faith of the Son of God. And we use that as a weapon against fear. 2 Timothy Chapter 1, verse 6, let me say this here. It, you get a running start at it in verse 6, leading up to verse 7 of 2 Timothy, chapter 1. It says, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Now that's important. We could talk about the prophetic gifts, the, the apostolic blessing, the pastoral, the fivefold ministry, laying on of hands, that, that you got to remind yourself of all the good things that have come to you through these moments. But it gets a running start. It says, Remind yourself, I remind you to stir up the gift of God. I'm going to say this over everybody right now. We can talk about all these things, but here, listen now. We want to remind, remind you. I remind you, people of God. We want to remind you, remind all these things that we've got to stir up the gifts that are within us because God has not given us a spirit of fear. In other words, stirring yourself up and reminding yourself. I remind you, you remind me, we remind each other, and we stir ourselves up in our most holy faith To be reminded of the fact that God promised he would do something for us. God promised he would break us through. Have you ever heard that song, I Have a Destiny? I remember Kent Henry used to sing it all the time. I have a destiny, I know I shall fulfill. I have a destiny in that city on a hill. I have a destiny, it's not an empty wish for I know. I was born for such a time as this. Anybody remember that song? I remember that song was being sung one time. I was at an outdoor concert. This song was being sung, and a woman manifested demons. Manifested demons, and I went to this woman, and I began to cast this demon out of her. I began to cast this demon out of this woman and the demon screamed out. It screamed out, not stop, stop this. The demon screamed out loudly. It said, I hate this song. I hate this song. I hate this song. And it began to curse the song. Began to curse the song. Here's the reason why. Because the devil knows if you can stir yourself up remembering the day that you had hands laid on you, remembering all the gifts you had put with inside of you, that you literally, you literally begin to stir up the gift and you remember that you have a destiny. You are marked for a purpose. When you stir yourself up over that, it messes up the kingdom of darkness because your identity trumps his assault. Your identity in Jesus will trump his assault when you know it and you exercise it. And that is exactly what Jesus did with the devil when he was tempted three times. He said, it is written, it is written, it is written. But the, the assault, the first one right out of the gate and all the assaults were literally to get Jesus to stop believing who he was. Was. Just like the devil said to Eve in the garden, did God say, did God say, did God say? And, and the devil always comes with that question. Did God say, or, or are you who you say you are? Who are you? You know, the devil comes with those questions and it is our job, it is our job to remember, I have a destiny. It's not an empty wish for I know I was born for such a time as this. And so when you understand this, it begins to unravel the devil's fear and plan against you. Now, let's look at this scripture very clearly. I want to do this. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. I'm in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. Listen to me. You have a spirit of power. You have a spirit of power. Of power. Listen, a spirit of power is in your life. A spirit of power. A spirit of power and of love. And of a sound mind. You have a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. In the name of Jesus, I'm gonna say it again. You have a spirit of power, of love, and a sound mind. The spirit of power. The Holy Spirit is mentioned as the spirit of might. You have the spirit of might, the spirit of power. The spirit of power literally comes on you when you begin to pray. You'll feel that in the Holy Ghost. When you begin to pray, you begin to know Jesus, you begin to step things forward, and you begin to move forward in the name of Jesus. You'll begin to literally have that spirit of might come upon you. It's one of the seven spirits of God, the spirit of might, the spirit of uh, the wisdom of the Lord, the spirit of the fear of the Lord, and all these things. Uh, uh, But listen now, very carefully it says the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind power breaks through the circumstances to reveal love to you a lot of times we say it's love first. No, it's a spirit of power that breaks you through the circumstances to reveal love to you. And then in that revealing of love, you are washed with a sound mind. The, the Ephesians 5 talks about the washing with the water of the word. And when we understand this, you begin to recognize that the spirit of power breaks you through for the spirit of love to wash you. And then you recognize that you have a sound mind. So the devil is bringing fear to you and ultimately trying to get you you to lose your mind lose your process lose the way you're thinking lose all these things because he wants you to be so stirred up insanity most people in this world are insane most people and and it's just because they behave like the world and they do the norms, they go to their job, they do all these things. If you don't have Jesus and you don't have love and power working through you by the power of the Holy Spirit, you literally have insanity, not a sound mind. You have a mind that thinks like the world. You are dull. There's a veil over your eyes. You're not paying attention. And people and believers that get our, our, our inspiration from the world system and from worldly wisdom and all these quotes of the world and all these things, there's, there's a wisdom of the world. But if you do that, it is not going to bring you a sound mind, it's not going to bring you peace. So here's what the spirit of God is. Here's the holy spirit's confrontational point towards fear. First of all, he comes at it with power, then love and a sound mind. You have been given the holy spirit. The spirit you've been given is a spirit of power, of love and a sound mind. That's why I always like to say, the best form of ongoing deliverance is good teaching. Continuous, good teaching. When you have continuous, good, Holy Ghost, Spirit-filled, complete gospel teaching, you can't have anything hang on to you. When I got a revelation of Jesus, that's when the devil fought me the hardest. He wanted to shut this message down. He wanted to shut me down so badly because the reason is, is because I've never seen any message like the gospel of grace. And when it's working through you, it becomes the complete gospel. It's working through you. And when these things begin to happen, I've never seen anything strip the devil of all his power in anyone's life like grace. Never. Law can't do it. Works doesn't do it. Trying to live better doesn't do it. Holiness, marching doesn't do it. Trying to be better and be more and be more militant, that doesn't do it. What does it is a revelation of Jesus on the inside of you, working outside, is the complete gospel. The grace of God working inside of you, a revelation of Jesus, which is the gospel working outside of you coming through you makes it the complete gospel the gospel you hear preached is correct which is grace the grace of god the grace of god uh it's all done and finished in him but it is not complete until it works through you when it's working through you now you are christ in this world displaying the gospel to others with completeness that's the complete gospel the correct gospel is literally the grace of god coming alive in your heart you say oh it's done it's finished in jesus it's done Woo, it's done. Oh, when you get this, you know people who have the gospel. You know people who have the real gospel inside of them. You look at them. You feel it radiate out of them. They don't have this judgmental thing. You don't have this stuff. But the gospel that is correct is grace. It's the gospel of grace. It's the gospel of peace. It's finished. Jesus loves you. We're on the right side of the cross. And then when that gospel gets in you and it becomes your reality, now it's complete. The gospel you hear preached is correct, but it's not complete till it's literally living through you. And then as it says in uh, Colossians 2, it says, in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily and you are complete in him, in him. That's the complete gospel. It's coming through you. It's complete. It's finished. And now you can demonstrate it. Not just saying, hey, it's grace. Grace is inside you. It's wonderful. But it becomes complete when you become a demonstration of that finished work. Praise God. Thank you for listening to this message. For more resources, visit josephz.com. Become a partner today and help us build lives by the Word of God.